Welcome to The Vine Time with Melanie Bolduck. Today I have a very special guest. He is the editor for Food and Wine magazine, and his name is Ray Isle. Welcome. That's great to be here. Thanks. Yeah, it's nice to have you finally. I know we've been trying to connect for a while. <laughs> it took a little bit of scheduling craziness. I I, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about my book. Um, the, the late fall was largely me racing around trying to promote the book in pretty much every city I could get to. So. And you're still you're still moving. You're still, still moving. moving. Yeah, still moving. And actually yeah. more more wine event related with with book stuff kind of added in. So I I'm off right. to the Naples wine auction. Uh pretty soon and then oh, nice. and then and then to the napa wine writer symposium and right. rangers so there's a lot of a lot of wine stuff you're very busy and this is naples italy uh, no this is naples florida okay uh, <laughs> naples florida it's after the naples italy <laughs> massive uh it's it's actually it's an extraordinary auction raises money for children's charities and oh, wonderful. it's it's it typically raises more money than the napa wine auction used to it's, it's oh great. wonderful good 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 big big amount of money on wines that I could never possibly afford. Right, right. <laughs> um, so tell me about your wine story. Yeah, so I, well, my wine story <laughs> didn't start out as a wine story because I didn't grow up in a family that had any wine in it. Um, mm -hmm. I grew up in Texas, uh, in as much as there was anything around, it was either beer or or, or whiskey, but mostly, whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> mostly just Budweiser. I mean, my dad drank, I mean, I think that I've mentioned to people that, you know, the single moment of excitement surrounding things you drink in my house that I remember growing up was when Coors became available east of the Rockies. My dad thought that was pretty cool. Um, so right. wine was not a feature um, and it wasn't a feature when I was in college either. Uh, mm -hmm. What happened was I went, I was headed, I, I did, was an English major and headed down a sort of academic path mm -hmm. towards what I thought would be being a professor of literature or something. Um, when I was in grad school in Boston at Boston university, my girlfriend at the time, who was at at Brown, um, who's a grad student as well, was also a, a server in some high-end restaurants. So she actually knew a little bit about wine. And I would also go to the restaurants occasionally and um, someone would pour me a glass of something as I waited at the bar. And and um, I was like, oh, this stuff's actually pretty tasty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah. and that's kind of how I initially got at least a little bit interested in it. Um, and, and that kind of kept going the relationship didn't last but the interest in wine did and but it would have stayed just a kind of casual interest in wine if i hadn't gotten the second grad fellowship that took me to the bay area okay. um there's this the start of the slippery slope basically right right um, right i got to the bay area i was kind of interested in wine i started going to tastings you know going to up like everybody does go to napa valley taste wine go to sonoma mm -hmm. taste wine and I did that. And at some point, you know, I was on a grad student budget, so I had almost zero money. It's like, you know, a burrito was expensive. Um, but I would say I would, you know, occasionally have like 15 bucks and I'd go to K&L Wine in, in Mountain View. And the guy, one of the guys there told me that, I, you know, he knew I was interested in wine. He's like, well, if you work bottlings for some of these small wineries, they'll pay you in wine. You know, you right. can show up on a Saturday <laughs> and they'll, they'll, you know, slap labels on bottles and they'll give you six bottles of wine at the end of the day. And I was like, nice that's cool. So <laughs> I did that a few times and then found out that I could potentially be a, an intern, I mean, intern used loosely because it was not a formal internship, basically a 
semi or unpaid cellar rat for harvest, um, nice. which I did up in the Santa Cruz mountains. Nice. Two harvests. And um, for, uh, for Clola Chance, they, okay. they used to be up above Saratoga and then the winery since then has moved down near Gilroy. But nice. um, when I was there, it was up, it was up sort of in that Santa Cruz mountains area. Nice. And um I did two harvests. I got to the end of it. I was like, I don't want to be in academia anymore. Right. <laughs> I, I, I would probably wouldn't have wanted to be in academia anyway. I was really sick to death of of English departments and people sure. being snarky to each other and so on. Right. And um, and so I switched to the wine business. And I I didn't have a clue what I was going to do, um, or how I, I I wasn't even sure that I was going to get wine and writing together. I was definitely writing, but I wasn't sure about the wine dovetailing with the writing, but. Mm -hmm through a random series of connections, I ended up working for the Simington family selling port in New York um, as a supplier rep, <laughs> which was a very weird backwater. They, they, the person who ran their import company in the US, I mean, I had zero sales experience. They were looking for someone who had an educational background and who liked port. So someone who could explain port to people because that was the big problem is nobody knew what the hell it was right. or, what, or anything about it. And so I got hired to do this job, which is, you know, normally would have been to someone who actually knew how to sell something. <laughs> but I did it for a couple of years. I, I acquitted myself well. I sold a reasonable amount of port. And then I was writing on the side, kind of some some wine related and almost and then other completely unrelated stuff. But Josh Green at Wine and Spirits saw something I'd written um, weirdly for the Stanford Alumni Magazine and saw that it said on my bio that Ray Isle works in New York in the wine business. And he got in touch with it. He was sort of looking for freelancers, got in touch, and we talked several times. And pretty soon I was had a job offer at Wine and Spirits. And yeah, that's I amazing. Stayed there, stayed there five years and then switched to food and wine. And I've been at food and wine ever since. Um, okay. So, I mean... I like to think I'm good at what I do, but I definitely got lucky along the way. Oh, well, you know, that's that's a good thing, but you know, blessed, blessed. Yeah, this is a good word. Did Very you get to go fortune. to Portugal? I have been to Portugal many, many times right. uh, to the right. Douro. <laughs> to yeah, so as a buy, I used to have a Ryanair credit card, and uh, one of the only oh. places I could go was Oporto. Yeah, and so we went there, and we went to uh, Villanova de Gaia, and that's where we stayed. And then we went up river to Pinhao to Fonseca. I think is the one of the ones we visited, yeah. but. Hinted Crasto was where we wanted to go, but they weren't open. It's <laughs> uh, a pity because Crasto is beautiful, and Crasto has one of the great infinity pools of all time because it, oh, wow. yeah, it, it looks sure. out, it's perched right uh, fairly high up looking over the Douro Valley, and it's an infinity pool. So it looks, you, you if you're at it, it looks like it just drops off several hundred mm -hmm. feet down to the river. And Right. It's a beautiful it, place. It's quite, it, the Douro's magical. Um, it really is. And, and for years had almost no tourist infrastructure that's changed mm -hmm. a little bit but yeah. uh, when i went they didn't but people were explaining to us that you could take the train uh, you yeah. take the train and it was way cheaper or you yeah. could take the boat and it took like all day <laughs> it's like quick and cheap will work for me we're taking the yeah. train <laughs> no that train from Oporto to Pinhao is a is is mm -hmm. really beautiful actually and, and, yeah. and the, the Pinhao station is very you know very walking back to the 1930s or something. Oh, absolutely. In that hotel, there's a hotel yeah. right at the basin of the valley. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. So so your wine journey has brought you all over the world, which you're very, very fortunate. That's It's wonderful. The wine glass. several articles. I've written hundreds of articles and this right. is the first book. And wonderful. so um, I, I 
I tend to say that the book took about three years and and also the rest of my career to, right. to get done, you know. Well, this is very exciting. So you've been promoting the book for the past three months? Yeah. So the book, um, which I said is, you know, it's called The World in a Wine Glass, um, came out in November 2023. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I have been, you know, if your book comes out, it really falls on you to promote it. Right. <laughs> and, and it was also holiday season. And and so I just did as many book events as I could possibly do, sure. um, which is great. I mean, it's it's super fun to sign books for people, I have to say. Right. And then meet people everywhere, which is wonderful. And yeah. is there an ebook version of this? I presume there's, a, there's, a, there's an ebook version. There's an yeah. audio version. Oddly enough, the, the publisher, which is Scribner, um, uh, um, they, they said at one point they were going to do an audio book version. I was like, that's weird. Who listens to audiobooks about wine? Um, Everyone. <laughs> particularly long audiobooks about wine. And I've gotten so many comments on the audiobook. It's right. really strange. Um, did you have to read it or did someone else? I read the introductory section. I read the okay. first 60, 65 pages, which is kind of the heart of what the book's about. And then mm -hmm. an actor did the winery profiles. And the reason is, honestly, was that they basically the book is long. It's 700 pages. Right. Um, it's fun. I think it's in, engaging to read. But they told me it was going to take two full weeks of 40 hour weeks to read it. And I, I got a job. I just couldn't do it, you know, right. and uh, a lot of work. So. So it they gave some options of actors and I, I listened to him and I picked the guy who seemed like he was most like me. <laughs> there you go. And so you, you highlight a bunch of wineries that are in the book. So talk yes. about some of the most memorable experiences, I suppose. Yeah. I presume that you visited all of them. I've either visited or I've spoken to personally. There's, there's definitely some that I haven't been to the winery where I've, um, I've spoken to the person in, you know, in New York or tasted with them in the, in the food and mm -hmm. wine office. Um, the pandemic got a little bit in the way right. of my travel um, of as course. it did for pretty much mm -hmm. everybody on earth. Um, mm -hmm. uh, there were some trips that just didn't happen. Um, so, right. but there's no one in the book that I haven't spoken to personally. Um, the majority of the wines in the book are, are sort of in that 25 to $40 zone. There's very little that's over a hundred. And and, it, and the focus of the book is really independent producers, so non-corporate owned, non-absentee billionaire owned, independent producers who are uh, making wines to express wine. kind of, right. yeah, make, make wines to express a personal vision and a sense of place and mm -hmm. are largely working in ways that or all working in ways that that benefit the environment rather than mess it up further. Right, right. And is there a specific area of the world that you're interested in? I'm kind of a generalist, honestly, yeah. you know, okay. one of the things working for food and wine, because, you know, we kind of cover everything. We're really, a, you know, it's really a culinary magazine with a, with a substantial wine focus. Mm -hmm. um, I don't score thousands of wines every issue, so I don't have a, a regional beat, um, which is wonderful because it means I can do a column about South African wine and then do a column about wines to go with grilling and then do a column right. about organic viticulture and so I'm, I'm not locked into a region. Mm -hmm. So when I did this book, I really wanted to cover the world um, uh, as much as I could, at least, and and kind of show that there are the kind of vintners that I'm profiling that they exist everywhere. That there, it's not it's not locked into Burgundy, let's say, or mm -hmm. Sonoma. It's it's everywhere from Burgundy to Chianti to you know Alta Adige to Lebanon to Southern Chile to you name it. Sure, sure. And is there a particular, like with me, I'm really interested in Tasmania. You know, yes. like I'm just, yeah. you know, like the, is there a particular area of the world that you're like, oh my God, these wines, people need to know about these and nobody really talks about them or anything like that? 
Yeah, I mean, well, Southern Chile actually, I think it's fascinating, and I agree. And, and those wines, you know, so the from the Malay Biobio Itata, there's a lot going on there that's really interesting. There's a lot mm -hmm. of old vine material that's only kind of recently been given respect. I guess is probably the way to put it. Um, that's a fascinating region. Um, we have a Tasmania story coming up in food and wine, but I'm not writing it's it, good. unfortunately. That's wonderful. <laughs> I, I wanted to go, but it didn't work out. So someone else. Right. Oh, to get there. Yeah. And then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very interested in um, some of the less well-known parts of Italy, Abruzzo, for instance. Um, I think there's some beautiful wines yeah. coming out of there. Um, I'm also interested in the, in the, I mean, I and I didn't get to them in the book because I, I literally ran out of space, but think there's a lot of interesting stuff going in in sort of alternative u.s regions um absolutely you know uh, whether it's michigan or 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 upstate you know finger lakes new york or, or texas there's there's starting to be like a concentration of really ambitious winemakers mm -hmm. in a lot of those regions which is heartening because we're we're pretty locked into the west coast in this country sure um so that's well, pretty cool 80% of what we consume is is domestic but oh, yeah. i think it's great to see i mean you know we have winemakers here in maine right I do. I know. Yeah. I've had a bluet uh, for blueberry oh, wine. Oh, very before. good. Bluet. Um, and then we have uh, Minko's Vineyards and um, yeah. Oyster River Wine Growers, both of which have been on my video show. Uh, but yeah, we have people up here growing uh, hybrid grapes. Yeah. And then uh, the Cellar Door, they were on the podcast just recently. I think that they're buying grapes um, and then bringing them in and making wine or whatever, but they're trying to grow some hybrid grapes too. Yeah. And there's a lot of interesting stuff with hybrid, not just hybrid grapes, but also kind of cross- um, fermentations with with grapes plus apples or grapes plus pears or whatever. Oh, sure. Both in, yeah. both Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont all have that going on, and it's mm -hmm. really cool right now. Yeah, we have a lot of creators here. We're very lucky. Like where I live, I can actually see Urban Farm Fermentary down the street, and they make kombucha in June and wine. And you know, around the corner, there's places that make beer and stuff. So we're sort of surrounded by creators, which is really good, and yeah. it's growing. <laughs> yeah, and Portland's Portland's an amazing town. I mean, it's it really is. cool. Um, it is. We're really lucky. So you go to Bar Harbor in the summer? I go, well, Northeast Harbor, so around the corner Ooh, from Bar Harbor. Better. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. At, well, technically outside, right outside Northeast Harbor, but it's yeah. uh, for four months out of the year, it's pretty spectacular. Oh, it's an amazing <laughs> place. The, the really island cool. is really magical. I met some people just recently who were from up there and we were talking about the difference. Now, I haven't been to Bar Harbor in 20 years. I used to live there many years ago when I was young. Right. The last time I was there was 20 years ago. And talking to people who are local it's like it's a little bit different but not northeast like northeast and southwest harbor are different places I, i'm pretty sure that they don't change much they don't they don't change a lot and bar harbor is much more touristed right. and and i mean northeast is tiny super tiny and southwest is, is is and beautiful yeah and southwest is a little bit um a little bit more year round, I guess, is the way to put it. It's not and and i you know a good friend of mine scott worcester has a store up there sawyers with uh, wine and spirits oh yes yeah, yeah yeah i've heard of them and it's it's one of those things where you know you're in new york you're used to having wine stores around that have everything you go up to maine you're like i don't know if i'll find anything up here and i walked into his store it's how we met i walked into his store it's like holy crap this guy has amazing wine in here right <laughs> yeah we're getting there it yeah. took a while i was dumping for some organic champagne some biodynamic champagne from some friends in champagne for a while and no one wanted to listen to me. And then someone came up and said, hey, what about these biodynamic champagnes? And now they're here. <laughs> yeah, they're there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> little by little inch by inch in Maine, we're getting there. You yeah. know? Well, part of the problem is the state has always been um, like a beer and spirit state. 
yeah you know, like where you came from you know it's like in yeah. here it's more alan's coffee brandy and, and beer <laughs> you know so it, it's always been a beer and spirit state i didn't grow up in a, a wine um consuming households as well but i remember my grandfather who was french we're all french mm-hmm. um i remember everyone's having wine at the table and he said no 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 wait in europe they let kids have wine and they let me have a tiny thimble of wine right that's where it all started that's classic classic <laughs> french yeah <laughs> right um so what's next you know are you going to travel soon or well i'm traveling soon i've got a, a number of trips for ca- to california over the next couple of months and really more event related mm-hmm. um in that some some things i'm speaking at and some then like the wine writer symposium i'm 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 teaching at i guess would be the word um you know just this but I'm I'm in California three times. I am going to go to Portugal. Um, nice. That's actually not work. That's a family vacation. Okay. And you're going to the south? Going to Lisbon, Porto, up the Douro, Coimbra okay. yeah. um, for my daughter's uh, spring break. She's in college in Rome for four years. So Very good. Nice. You want to see her, you go to Europe. <laughs> right? I love that. That's a good excuse to go to Europe. And I have to tell you, I'm going to tell you where to go in Portugal because I have a really good friend who owns a bar there. Oh, cool. Um, Excellent. Uh, my friend Peter O'Connor is from Dublin and uh, he used to work for Diageo, actually. Okay. And uh, he owns a bar called Onda, O N D A, Cocktail mm-hmm. Room. So he's really into craft cocktails. So, And, and that's in Lisbon? It is. It is. Yeah. Onda, O N D A. I'll send you the link when, when we're finished. But um, so you do a little bit of spirits too, because I, I don't know if you noticed my tea mug. Check out what I, it How can you see it? I can see it. Yes, I like it. Saramana. I I I had the crazy weird experience of of you know shooting a, a interview video with with the Rock, which that's was, amazing. Who is you know turns out to be an incredibly nice guy, um, and a lot of fun. Um, sure, yeah. His his personality in his movies is very similar to his personality. You know. Oh, good. Person. Um, yeah, I write about spirits as well. I do cocktails. Okay. I do spirits. I don't do beer myself the beer world is so big and the craft right. beer world is so there's so many breweries that i i just don't have time to keep up because right. with wine and spirits and cocktails that's that's enough i think so, so yeah and so I, I tend to just farm out any beer writing that i need because I, I i i know enough to know that i don't know what's going on in the beer world right yeah. um so did you ever anywhere down the line do your wsct stuff or or do your math no. or anything like that nope you know, I never did any of the accreditation stuff, um, yeah. partly because I, I, when I got started, which is a while back now, right. <laughs> um, there was there was far less emphasis on it. Um, sure, sure. The, the Master Psalm MS stuff hadn't really hit, and I didn't know a soul who was doing WSCT, and there wasn't very clear how you would take it anyway. Right. Um, and I also, I, I always, I mean, in terms of, in terms of like this MS thing i always thought of myself as a writer i'm not a restaurant person I, i'd be terrible at service in a restaurant i'd spill things on people right and left right right right. and and so i did do an mfa in creative writing um but right, I right, right. Oh, of course do yeah, any, yeah. no any... it's funny this culture is nobody really it, it's not really that big of a deal most people learn about wine and spirits through experience and and yeah. but it's more in europe because i went to europe and i was selling wine and people were like what are your credentials and i was like well, I've been in the restaurant business for 20 years. I don't know if does that count. And they were like, no. <laughs> You're like, what, what the I hell? was like, oh, okay. And then I had to take a WSCT, like an intermediate, which was like, I could have done it. Sleep it. Right. Someone's got advanced and got tasting. But 
but I haven't continued here again because it's not really necessary here. But probably somewhere down the line, if I go back to Europe, I'll do my um, diploma. Well, it but, is. It's interesting. It is more and more necessary in the restaurant world, I think, or at least people look for that kind of some kind of accreditation. Right. Um, well, well, I it, worked for Southern for three years. Yeah. So, so I and I was very lucky because I had a first class education in spirits, right. <laughs> Dermana, I used to sell Dermana and Patron and you know you name it. And so uh, I I was very lucky, and I I have to say it was it's good experience to have. It's not a maybe it's not a place I want to go to all my life because I think I always come back to wine. Once you get that bug, like right. you did when you went out to the Santa Cruz Mountains, you know, like no, no, once you get that bug, you're like, that's it. I want to do this. But I'm glad because I, you know, I know a bit more about them. I know a lot, a lot about tequila. I got to take a CRT test with the Mexican government and do all that stuff. Right. Um, well, tequila's on track to be the most popular spirit in the U.S. It's supposed to lap vodka. Over vodka, which, which is, is amazing. Which is mind blowing. I mean, it's, it it's is. Really, and it's crazy how those categories grew over COVID too, because all yeah. of a sudden people were sitting at home, they had nothing to do, they couldn't go anywhere, and they didn't have to go anywhere. It was like, oh, let's drink really, really expensive bourbon and tequila. Yep. It's <laughs> we I ran out of Patron, yeah. ran out for like a year. We didn't have any, any. Yeah, no, it's very strange. I talked to the the um, I was I guess I was Zaki's. I was talking to one of the major retailers in New York, and their average sale went up during the pandemic, mm -hmm. the average, average amount per person, because people yeah. were drinking just as much because they weren't going out to restaurants. They just traded up in terms of the right. level of what they were buying, um, which is inverse of what you might expect. But Right. And I wonder if that's, that's um, reflective in how people are drinking now. You know, I wonder if that, you know what I'm saying? Like if people are like, you know what? It's Loewe, like expensive to buy a bottle of Lens and sit at home and it is to go out and buy a glass. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's it's funny. I don't know for sure the the, you know, the the Silicon Valley Bank, um, which is still called the Silicon Valley Bank Wine Report, even though Silicon Valley Bank doesn't exist. But whatever, their report about the twenty, about, you know, they do a yearly report on the wine market, and and it's fascinating reading if you like wine business stuff. Um, right. I mean, the wine sales overall last year were were down, but minimally, um, and it, this doesn't seem that super high-end wines are down it's it's more the the very value level stuff is not selling right. as well. um which is uh there's all sorts of different pressures on it you know um and there's all sorts of discussion and debate about you know our gen z is going to drink wine or they, just, I, it was just going to say it's that generation time, you know and that yeah. generation it, it's interesting in my opinion they drink really a unique and different wines they're all into orange wine Yep. They're, you know, they, they, um, they're not traditional wine for people. They're, they're seeking something that's like a little bit more edgy, yep. I guess. And, um, they're traveling a lot more. So then they're bringing back their experience from Portugal or Spain or Italy or whatever back. Um, and then they're drinking seltzers, which is like, we have a seltzer place down the street and right. I walked in one Sunday to meet somebody and then when it was packed and it was like a Sunday afternoon in Portland, Maine, and there was more people there than I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what is this? I don't understand. <laughs> I know. And it's that category, but it, it's that generation. So I think that they're a lot more savvy than we give them credit for. Um, yeah. But they're a harder market to um, sell to, I think, on some level. Yeah. And I think they're there. They have so many different things being aimed at them, too. It's right. You've got right. hard seltzer. You've got, you know, wine. Craft you've got, you've got non-alcoholic things, which is a big trend right now. You've got Absolutely. cannabis in a lot of places. You've got all sorts sure. of things. You know, sure. So. I blame the emergence of the cannabis industry and a lot of stuff like 
people keep saying people don't want to work because of COVID. I'm like, yes, but you have to understand the cannabis industry flourished the minute yeah. COVID was over. And all of a sudden the guy who doesn't want to be a line cook in a restaurant now can deliver pot and make twice as much money. So he's left. And that's why you can't find people to work. <laughs> <It's> like, you know? <laughs> this is yeah, what's it's, happening. It's, it's you know? Suddenly being a line cook doesn't seem so appealing. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And wouldn't you, you know, you do the same thing. And so um, I ask everybody this, I will ask mm -hmm. you, what do you love? Well, I do. I love my family. I mean, I, you know, my wife and daughter, but I, I love, um, I do love travel. I love going new places. Right. I, 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 I mean, I've stayed in this job because I love wine, but one of the great side benefits of, of what I do, I mean, writing is largely sitting in a room by yourself, mm -hmm. staring at a screen or, or a typewriter in the past. And writing about wine often means traveling and meeting right. new people and going to places you haven't been before. And I love, I love right. that. Experience. And you just went to the Caymans. I did. We yeah. that's not new. We we've had an event down there. We've sponsored Cayman we own it. Sponsored it. Cayman Cookout for fifteen years. Nice. I've been. I mean, when they first approached me, Food and Wines is like, "Do you want to? You know, we have an event. It's in the Caymans. It's in January. Are you sure you want to go?" I'm like, "Yeah, I think I'll go. It's fine. You know, sign me up." In January, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Where are you based? I'm, are you in New York? I'm in New York. Yeah, I'm in Brooklyn. Um, right. And it's right. like. Get me the hell out of here! Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Especially yeah. this winter. It's been a cold one. It's, it's like crazy. Cold. It's twenty degrees here today. It's like yeah. I, I was back in the Caymans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to warm up a little bit though. And so, um, and I'm just going to ask you for your song. Do you have a song for us today? Yeah, I was I was thinking about that. What what song I would pick? Um, you know, there's there's so many songs that I love out there. Um, but I I think, um, there's a the there's a Brian Eno song off of um, an, an album called Another Green World that came out many, 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 many years ago um, um, called um, uh, St. Elmo's Fire. And there's something about that song that I just always I go. I love that I love. song. Um, and, uh, it, you know, I've, I must have listened to it hundreds of times over the past 20, 30 years. And Me too. I love that song. Well, that's perfect. Never, so thank never you very much for coming, Ray. And everybody Absolutely. needs to go out to buy your book, which is The World in a Wine Glass. Yes, available as they say everywhere books are sold, um, Fantastic. including that giant. And website. online, where can they find it online? Uh, you can find it. Uh, there's um, there's a couple of places. One Amazon, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, Barnes and Noble has it, and um, a good site, really wonderful site called Bookshop.org, which is right. a kind of um, in, it represents independent booksellers around the country. So. Okay, and then um, you. Um, you where can we find you on Instagram? Uh, you can find me a number of places. You can find yeah. me. Um, foodandwine.com right. obviously right. Um, I have my own website rayisle.com and then right. I'm on Instagram that's a, that's probably the easiest way to find me just as right. Ray on Instagram perfect well thank you so much for coming here's your song uh, and have a wonderful day thank you thank you so much Ray <laughs> bye yeah, thank you so much bye bye <laughs> Bones were